0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Rico Brogna time! How's everybody doing? Evan Roberts, you can hear me on the fan with Craig. Pete Hoffman does a fine job producing Tiki and Tyranny. Welcome to the mailbag edition of Rico Bronya. A lot of emails, a lot of tweets, a lot of topics will be discussed over the next however many minutes we decide to talk. But, I made you a promise on the last Rico, and Pete and I are here to deliver on promises I forget why we were talking about R.A. Dickey. I'm not sure, but it reminded me of the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo rant that he had about R.A. Dickey. If you recall back in 2008, the Mets played a game against the Mariners. Dickey was on the Mariners. He had been called up. He'd come out of nowhere. He was 33 years old, and the Mets got embarrassed. They got their ass handed to them. They lost to the Mariners that night, 11 nothing. and R.A. Dickey pitched seven brilliant innings. The next day, I was doing Middays with Joe, and Dog was solo. And when Dog was solo, crazy crap would happen. And he went on a, a maniacal rant about R.A. Dickey. Now, before we play you some clips from this rant, like we promised, special thanks to Dove Kramer. I gave Dove the date, and I said, can you supply me with Dog show? And we'll find the audio ourselves. And he did. So I have to admit, I listen to a lot of the show. I listen to Dog Kill the Yankees. I listen to Dog Put Me Over. He actually gave me props on the air for giving him a good book recommendation, and then saying how I know why Evan has a lot of girlfriends. He's smart. <laughs> I no idea why he said that, but thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I did not have a lot of girlfriends, but thank you. I'll go with it anyway. So Dog went on this dicky rant. We got two clips for you. First is the one that you may remember. Uh, the Mets had lost. The Yankees had lost. Dog hated the Mets and Yankees. So he was in a very, very good mood. Plus, there was no Mike. We present to you the R.A. Dicky rant. I understand it's slow. I'm no Mike here to bounce things off. Just yours truly. But, I mean, could you make it any easier? You gave me that much of a layup?
1: R.A. A Dicky. Let me say that one more time loudly. R. A Dicky.
0: I love the breath at the end. <sighs> like he's out of breath. Ah. Oh. Hey, that guy. So I kept listening because I thought that he did it again and he did. So just to remind everybody, so Mets lose this game. Jerry Manuel has been managing the team for about a week and a half. And there's a lot of us. I was certainly one of them that thought they had to make this move. And I guess that night, Jerry Manuel came out and argued and got thrown out of the game. Carlos Beltran argued and got thrown out of the game. So there were a few Met fans saying, hey, look, that's the difference between Jerry and Willie Randolph. And that also set Dog off. And that set him off on a, another rant involving R.A. Dickey. Now we're going to sit there and say that the manager is the reason why. You know, what a great job. Look at Manuel. Ah, oh, that's what I want to see. You lost to R.A. Dickey. R.A. with no ligament. No ligament. A it. And who else, what he has? I don't know. R.A. Dickey. <laughs> He's a 33-year-old husband. Can't get me out. <laughs> Pitches in Salacotta's stupid league. What? <laughs> what? That, that R.A. Dickey. Did Salacotta have a stupid league? I wasn't familiar with that.
1: <laughs> Were you doing, doing Twitter baseball back then and he didn't realize?
0: No, I wasn't even. That was in the days before Twitter baseball. This is 08. Oh, man. And so little did we know, little did Dog know that he would learn who R.A. Dickey was because he ended up having a really good career with the Mets. So there you go. We delivered on our promise your Dog R.A. Dickey rant.
1: And the reason why we were talking about R.A. Dickey was because I suggested he be in the Mets Hall of Fame. After that rant, I think he needs to be in the WFAN Hall of Fame. Yes.
0: That's one of my favorites. Like if I made a list of kind of famed rants or discussions that have occurred on WFAN, that'd be in my top 10. That would absolutely be in my top 10 along with Mike and Chris arguing about bathrooms at Yankee stadium. That's also up there, by the way, speaking of which, and this will lead right into our mailbag. And I do want to address Starling Marte and the injury situation with him. But one common theme I saw was both Pete and I getting a lot of a lot of pushback, and rightfully so, by the way. A lot of anger that when we were talking about the Met Hall of Fame and we brought up names of guys who could eventually get in. I brought up Joanna Cespedes. We talked about the obvious ones, David Wright, Jose Reyes. You brought up Bartolo Colon. Neither one of us mentioned Daniel Murphy, and that received a lot of anger from some Met fans who said, how could you do that? How the hell could you not mention Daniel Murphy? You know, Daniel Murphy, uh, especially considering the NLCS MVP, the run that he went on. And he was also a beloved Met who was here for a while. Let's not forget that. He came up as late as 2008, I think, was his, uh, the first year we saw him. And obviously played all the way till 2015. I think it's a great point. I think it's true. I think that many years from now, because I don't think that's something you do in the next couple of years, But yeah, I think we're going to look back at Daniel Murphy in a positive light. We'll try to forget about the fact he tortured us with the Washington Nationals. So I think Murphy is definitely a good name. And that's a bad job by
1: Pete. Pete should have mentioned him. Hold hold, hold on. Because here's the funny thing is that I actually, I'm a defender of Daniel Murphy, but I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame for the Mets. Why is that? Because as good as he was... The knock on him was he wasn't that good, which is why people were okay with him leaving. If you were, He really did his most damage after he left. That was what most people remember him for. for. No, I think the playoff run. Well, that's it. I think his most damage was the playoff run. But you
0: know what's more important than the stats, especially when we're talking about a Met Hall of Fame. We're not talking about the baseball Hall of Fame. He was a beloved Met. And I think you can see that. You can see that based on the way Met fans talk about him, the emails we get about him just the conversation around Daniel Murphy. I mean, no one's going to sit here, and that's why it's so different when you talk Met Hall of Fame and Baseball Hall of Fame. We're not breaking down someone's war or how many gold gloves they won or MVP voting we're talking about the Met Hall of Fame. The Met Hall of Fame is for us as fans, and Murphy was a beloved Met. He really was, and look, you're right. His best years were not with us, but he was such a big part of why that team went on the run in 2015 that – Uh, He probably does deserve at some point let down the road because, look, it takes a while to get into the Mets Hall of Fame. I mean, Howard Johnson's going in now. (laughs) He's been away from the Mets for a long time as a player. But I I get I think Murphy's definitely a name who should be considered down the road. Uh, One thing before we get to the emails and the tweets, Starling Marte, Andy Martino, made the report that he had core surgery and that really there's no update on his future for spring training or opening day, just the idea if they're going to reevaluate him once he gets there. The only thing we do know is he's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic, which I'm thrilled about, because there are certain guys, I don't care if they play in the WBC, go play baseball. Obviously, there's a risk you could get hurt. There's a risk you can get hurt doing anything. There's a risk you can get hurt in spring training. But when a guy has an injury history, and last year, Starling Marte was great when he played. It felt like there was always something wrong with him. There was always some kind of injury. So that's the kind of guy that I would want to put, you know, what's that phrase? Like in uh, mothballs? I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, no, uh, bubble wrap. Bubble yeah. wrap. Mothballs? Yeah, that doesn't make sense.
0: I'm sorry. I'm tired. What do you want from me? Did a whole day of afternoon drive with Craig, Watch the Nets game. Like, come on, I'm tired. Mothball, not mothballs. Uh, what did I just say? Bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah, bubble wrap. So, (laughs) I don't know. I, I hope he's ready for opening day. We know about the Mets' lack of outfield depth. The one thing this will create, and it should be created anyway, is the idea of either McNeil or Beatty playing a lot of outfield. And The reason I say either is because it really depends on how you want to situate guys. If Brett Beatty can learn to play left field and be adequate over there, great. Brett Beatty plays a lot of left, Nemo in center, you shift Mark Canada right. But if you feel better about keeping Beatty at third base, Jeff McNeil plays the outfield, Beatty plays third, Escobar plays second. We didn't see a lot of Eduardo Escobar last year at second base, but he can play second base. So that's really up to Buck in terms of, okay, who do you feel more comfortable shifting to the outfield? So while my natural reaction was, okay, if Marte misses time, and he's going to miss time anyway, he just is, Beatty at-bats in the outfield make a lot of sense, but the truth is Beatty at-bats at third base can make a lot of sense with Escobar playing second and McNeil playing the outfield. That that can work too. Either way against Brett Beatty at-bats, that's the key. It's the key to the whole thing.
1: Ah, yes. Bring up the rookies. That'd be very nice.
0: Um, well, ba- by the Beatty better make the team, Pete. You know, Alvarez and Beatty are very different. I'll stay with this about Beatty. Beatty should be on the team. I don't want. I don't want to hear about him being at AAA. I can deal with
1: Alvarez at AAA more than I can deal with Beatty at AAA. Listen, the, but they both should both have at bats this season, and they should both be batting at least three hundred at bats. They should both have at three hundred plate appearances, no matter what. What if they get if Alvarez gets called up in a month? I'm okay with that. The one thing is, and, and just to get back to the the Marte injury issue, it's funny we had uh, Jacob Degrom out for most of the season. We had Max Scherzer out for a majority of the uh, for a decent amount of the season, and the biggest hiccup the Mets had was when Starling Marte was out. He's that yeah. important. He's that valuable. So FDWBC. Oh, no,
0: no doubt about it. All right, let me ask, uh, uh, answer a couple of emails that are related to this. Daniel Summerfield writes, Evan, how do you feel about the WBC coming up? It seems exciting, but at the end of the day, I care more about a Mets World Series. Any concern that big players like Pete Alonso or Starling Marte, who we just addressed, who had a hard time playing all season anyways, may get hurt and miss time for the Mets. Jeff McNeil's now playing for USA. I have this fear he's going to pull a quad running to first. What do you think? <laughs> so with McNeil's had injuries too, so I guess there's a part of me that's always worried about him. Pete Alonzo, and I knock on wood when I say this because I don't want to mush or jinx anybody, has stayed healthy for the most part. I can't be afraid of the WBC like it's a boogeyman. Because when you really think about it, if Pete wasn't in Arizona training for Team USA and Jeff wasn't on Team USA, they'd be playing baseball in Port St. Lucie. Now, you want to tell me they're trying harder in the World Baseball Classic? I, I guess. And I watched Pete Alonzo in spring training in the past. He tries. He swings. He tries to hit a home run. He runs the first base. Baseball's baseball. So... I'm just giving you a logical answer here. And I get that if Jeff McNeil pulls a hamstring in the world baseball classic, it's going to be very easy to look back at that and say, see, I know Mark to got hurt in the WBC a decade ago, but I remember saying this about Mark then, and I'll say it about McNeil and Alonzo. Now you can get hurt playing baseball anywhere. So, Marte's different because of the injury history and also because i think with a guy like Marte, you may not play him a lot in spring training so i think that would have been the difference where you could have said all right i got a guy who's 34 i got a guy who's missed a lot of time i'm not playing him as much in spring training as i am a young bull like pete alonso so overall i I don't i don't fear it that much